What's going on, boys and girls? Before we get into this episode of Two White Lights, which is going to just be me talking about things. Solo episode, no interview, no guest. Just me talking about things that I want to talk about. I, of course, want to talk to you first about Rival Us. Boys, girls, visit RivalUs.net, use promo code ANGELO15, and get 15% off of your supplement needs. Protein, branching amino acids, creatine, pre-workout, merchandise, you name it, use ANGELO15, and you will get 15% off of your order. Also, visit TwoWhiteLights.com, visit the online store, get yourself some merchandise, visit our blog as well, and here it is, Two White Lights. It is Monday, November 11th, and I am alone for this episode. No guest, no interview, just me ranting into a microphone for 30 to 40 to 50, 60, I don't know. I barely have an outline written for the show. Who knows how long it's going to be, but I'm just going to be talking by myself. Be on the lookout for more episodes like this. Could not get a guest lined up last week for an interview due to scheduling conflicts, but be on the lookout for more interviews throughout this week. We have a few lined up. But because of the amount of interviews and guests we've been having, and I would like to thank every fucking person who's come on the show because we've been getting some great feedback and responses since USAPL Raw Nationals that took place in late October. Till now, it's been great. But because of the interviews that we had, I didn't really get to talk about a lot of stuff that happened that I kind of wanted to talk about. And a lot of stuff did happen in my powerlifting career and throughout the entire sport of powerlifting that I just kind of want to talk about. Yeah, then and that includes, you know, me getting a coach, um, talked about getting a coach for a while on the show, finally got one. WPO meet that was broadcasted on ESPN3 that took place in St. Charles, Illinois. I want to talk a little bit about that because we talked about it in the past with Eric Stone, former guest of the show, and you know he had a close involvement in the meet. Matt Wallace, Sean Oriega came on the show to talk about their opinions, and we kind of had a debate on WPO being broadcasted on ESPN. And, you know, uh, Record Breakers took place today when this episode airs. It'll be yesterday. And, you know, I would like to talk about that briefly. I don't have, like, too much to say about that meet, but I've been getting a lot of questions about uh, that meet in particular. But first order of business, got to start with this. I don't know if it's newsworthy exactly. Me getting a coach, I think that'll be pretty like vain and arrogant and, and like egotistical for me to believe that, you know, me getting a coach is newsworthy. But, you know, it's two white lights. It's my fucking show. So I'll talk about whatever I want to talk about. Um, yeah, so I got a coach. And I'm not even sure at this point if I've even mentioned, but it's Joe Stanek from the Strength Athlete, Joe TSA. He is now my coach. I am putting my entire powerlifting career into his hands. No pressure, Joe. You'll do fine. But yeah, I chose Joe as a coach. I'm 
so fucking excited to work with him. And this is, it, it's a cool, I mean, to, when this episode airs, will be our third week working together. But just in this short amount of time, the amount of excitement I have to go to the gym under guidance and coaching is is something I would ne- I and never thought I would experience because I love powerlifting. I love going to the gym and working out. I get to do this every day. I get to do it every day. People have hobbies. People like working on cars. People like golfing. People like going to fucking EDM concerts. I have no interest in any of that, but I love powerlifting. I get to do this every day. Fucking Dead Mouse doesn't. I'm fucking aging myself. Dead Mouse doesn't play every day. You can't go golfing every day. You can't race a car every day. At least I think you can't. But I get the power lift every day. And I'm already excited about it. But now I got coaching. There's guidance. There's new things that I'm doing, new movements that I'm doing. I There's a whole nother spark of excitement that has been ignited working with Joe Stanek. And I'm really excited to keep going. Um, the Hopefully, the meet I do next with Joe is going to be the Arnold. Um, I did not sign up in time for the Pro-American. That motherfucker filled up in two minutes. And I think I was two minutes and like 10 seconds. And I did not get in. So hopefully, I can sign up for the Raw Challenge. That's going to take place as well throughout the Arnold weekend. But... Fingers crossed for that, um, and if not that, the backup backup plan is just a meet in March. That's probably going to be a BMW in Chicago, but that would be my first meet. Looking at March, February kind of range with Joe, and of course, I'm excited. Been getting a lot of questions on my decision to get coaching from Joe Stanek, and I've been getting a lot of questions just what made me decide to get a coach, and you know how this conspired, how this took place you know, and why didn't take or why didn't pick other people. I'm definitely going to have Joe on the show sooner rather than later, maybe this week, maybe next week. Who knows? We can go into better detail together as opposed to me just talking about it, but I'll give you kind of the, 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 the bare minimum, I guess, of why I decided to choose Joe. But I, well, with the first question that I mentioned, why I decided to get coaching. I've been talking about it on Two White Lights for a little bit now that I need coaching. I need coaching. I need another set of eyes on me. I need another brain working with me to help progress me in this sport. I think I said it in the Raw Nats recap. I know where I stand in USAPL rankings. I know where I stand in the sport of powerlifting, and I want to get better. I have big goals. I'm a competitor first. I want to get, you know, I want to be in the top five. I want to be in the top three. I want to be a national champion. I want to be a world champion one day. And me going through online programming, working on myself, not really understanding what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, I'm not going to get there by constantly doing the same thing. It's just not going to work for me. And and on top of that, I've only run like two powerlifting programs my entire life. I run PH3, or I've ran PH3 throughout my powerlifting career, but the only one I've done that's like powerlifting related is 531. So I don't have a lot of experience with programming. I don't have a lot of experience with basic principles of programming, of powerlifting. I I mean, shit, I didn't realize that people didn't deadlift and squat shoes. I'm 
I'm pretty ignorant to a lot of things in powerlifting. So I definitely need that guidance and that help to get me to another level. And, you know, I, I just can't be satisfied with being ranked like 14th or 15th in the USAPL, you know, I don't know, like 25th in the world or something. And I want to progress. I want to have all-time numbers. I want to break some records. I want to do all these things. And, you know, right now, just me following an online program isn't going to get me there. And I know this. And I'm now at least smart enough to realize that I'm not going to get there. I used to think that. I used to think that if I just work really hard, I'll get to where I want to be. And that's just not the case. You need something else helping you or someone else helping you. I decided Joe was that guy. I know I've mentioned before on the show that I really would have liked Garrett Fear to coach me. And I reached out to Garrett. I decided myself that Joe was the best coach for me. Um, Not to say that Garrett won't be a great coach. Garrett's a fucking phenomenal powerlifter. He, no one matches, in my opinion, his passion for the sport. He's incredibly intelligent, but I didn't want to keyhole myself on just one person. I wanted to broaden my horizon because I think I do that and we do that in general. If we have a really important decision to make, we think of a wide variety of different solutions and options. And for such a long time, I was just keyed in on one person when powerlifting has a, a variety of terrific coaches. And and I didn't think it was wise for me to just say, I'm going to choose this guy and, without any real knowledge of what else lies out there. So I had one interaction with Joe Stanek at Raw Nationals. Um, or, I mean, we had multiple, but the first one was in the warm-up room. And he kindly introduced himself to me. You know, we were strangers, really. I mean, he was a stranger to me. I really didn't know exactly who he was, but he introduced himself. Couldn't have been more kind. Said he coached Yanks who ran, talked to me about my deadlift. Was handling several and coaching several people in that session and a shit ton throughout the week. You know, I, I mentioned under the recap that he called out my third deadlift and he made a pretty damn good call because I was pretty close to getting it, and, you know, immediately talked to me about, you know, what went, what, what went wrong, what I could improve on, and, uh, and just after the competition and just me seeing him throughout the week, just some, you know, cool interactions with him, and we vibed pretty well, so also throughout the week, noticed that he was handling and coaching some of the very best power lifters in the world, and Coincidentally, all of them have ridiculous fucking deadlifts. Uh, coaches Ricky Cho, Kyle Power, Yang Su Ren, the list goes on. The dude knows, I, I, I'm definitely deadlifters, but he knows how to coach and was very. Uh, it was very evident just throughout the week that he, and, and actually everyone at the Strength Athlete, terrific coaches. Uh, I, I think I would put them like number one as far as like a coaching tree. Um, and, and powerlifting. So notice that already has the accolades, the resume. Like I said before, vibed pretty well with him, got a good feeling from just talking to him, heard just a, a number of other people. Um, shout out to uh, Dakota, uh, Jack Denise, that's his handle. He he kind of, you know, was pushing me towards Joe's direction as well. So kept in my back pocket, reached out after Raw Nationals, I think a week after or two weeks after, yeah, about a week after, about coaching, 
he sent me an awesome video and everything he said in the video just made sense to me. He was taking everything I valued into account, such as, you know, just proper programming, you know, giving me technique advice, you know, nutrition, all that kind of stuff, you know, just weighing in different factors, an extremely comprehensive view of my progress and how I'm going to get better. And I, and I was, I was sold on that. I was sold on just his presentation really. And yeah, that's about it. I mean, he's going to be on the show if you, if you want to hear more about this and we will get into better detail because me talking about it doesn't do it justice, but I'm really excited to work with him. Hopefully in March we get the Arnold. Hopefully I sign up on time. I'm going to go and prep. I'm going to go into contest sign up prep because that is fucking infuriating that it takes two minutes. Um, yeah, I, I got to get like 20 seconds or 30 seconds down. And yeah, I'm going to be practicing this entire week because I think November 14th is my last shot to get into um, the Raw Challenge at the Arnold. So we'll have Joe on the show. We'll talk about it. We'll go into more detail because I'm sure a lot of people who listen to the show want to get coaching and they want to know what they should look for in coaching. What, what qualifies someone as a good coach, what qualifies someone as a bad coach, and, and you can be on the lookout just for more powerlifting coaches being on the show. Uh, could be some reoccurring guests, repeated guests, some people we've never had on the show before because coaching is important in this sport, and it's important in pretty much all sports. I'll go into more detail about this because I just think I did a shitty job in explaining what uh, transpired. But... Now to my second order of business, my other rant that I wanted to do, and I didn't get to, I, I didn't get to talk about it when it actually took place, uh, because I'm a shitty journalist and a podcaster, I guess, but the WPO 2019 Super Finals that took place in St. Charles, Illinois, it was broadcasted on ESPN, and this type of meat stirred up a bit of a controversy in powerlifting because the trend in powerlifting is now shifting towards raw and single ply or raw with wraps lifting and multiply has been considered a dying art in powerlifting. But it generated a ton of interest because of one West Side First the World and that led to two it being broadcast on ESPN, and we had, I, I, I would say, a whole show about it. Uh, we had Sean Noriega, Matt Wallace give their opinions on it, and they did a fucking dynamite job. And we had other people, you know, we had Eric Stone, my former co-host, is a big fan of multiply lifting as well. And I was, I was generally, you know, interested of this, and it was, you know, it was, it was like a, it was a big spectrum of how you viewed the WPO. It was half squat multiply versus this is real powerlifting where you see a thousand pound squats with everyone at the competition. And I was I was on the fence myself. I don't like to be in the middle ground. I usually like to take, pick a stance on it. But I, I thought that this generated a ton of interest in the sport because even if you hated it, you were going to tune into it. Now... I, I'm just going to yeah, give you my opinions on the event, on just my casual observations of what I saw. And I just didn't really know what to think of it. Because there was a lot of issues that had really nothing to do with powerlifting, just based on 
almost like logistics. Because I really wanted to attend this meet. I really wanted to go. I was actually hoping Rivalist would open up a booth so I can go there. And, you know, it won't, one, get paid to fucking go there. And two, just to watch it. Because I was super, super interested of how this meet was going to look. How the lifters were going to, uh, uh, how the lifters were going to perform. And, you know, what would, what was the production value going to be? What, how was the presentation going to be? All these things, because they were comparing it to WWE. They were comparing it to, you know, the old WPO meets. And I just really wanted to see for myself what this is all about. I don't see a lot of multiply lifting. I do respect all forms of powerlifting. Believe it or not, I might come off as an asshole on Instagram and on social media, but I do respect all forms of lifting. Now, the only thing that I got to see was people's stories on Instagram because it was on it was it was broadcasted on a Monday, like at noon. I uh, most of us are working. Most of us are working and when I found it out, I was I was pissed. I didn't know it was going to be on a Monday. I and I don't understand why it's on a Monday. And there, I'm sure there's a reason why, you know, fucking, you know, venues, events, and all that kind of stuff. It was on a Monday. I didn't really get to see it. All I saw was stories. And, of course, what I thought was going to happen, happened. You know, the the squats were questionable. They looked pretty high. The multiply lifting is not known for squats being buried. You know, USAPL, USAPL guys, IPF guys, USPA guys were like, what the fuck is this? The squat is sky high. What do, I don't understand what we're doing. Like, that was the lowest squat of the day, and it was, like, two inches above parallel. And then, you know, we have all the multiply guys saying, this is incredible, 1,000-pound squats, 900-pound bench presses. Or I think there was a 1,000-pound bench press, too. But I, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. But I was just kind of disappointed with it. I was disappointed because... I was expecting something different. Now, of course, it, it's hard to really look at the squats. I'm not going to say take it seriously because the weight on their back is serious. But it's 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 like if you don't get crushed by the weight or the weight doesn't tear both of your ACLs, then you're probably going to get the squat call. If you just come up and down, you're you're going to get the call. And to me, that's not entertaining. It, it's not It's not even... It's like the only entertaining thing is if they miss, right? I, I I saw the squats and I was just disappointed. And I knew they were going to be that way too. So I shouldn't have been that disappointed. But that's that's multiply lifting. It's always been like that. It's always been questionable squats. And the, the gear really doesn't allow you to get depth. I mean, it, as long as you get close to parallel, you're probably going to get a call. And I'm just, I'm still just not entertained by that and I've and I've said it before on the show I like seeing good lifts I like seeing even even in USAPL there's few lifters that I'm just like I just don't like watching them squat they're awesome squatters but I, I like aesthetically pleasing lifts I like seeing technical precision with the lift and when you're going you know down I'm just not that entertained but I will say this I love watching multiply benching multiply benching is awesome I got into an argument at the gym because the guy was saying the, the the gear is doing all the work. Who the fuck knows? I have no goddamn clue what the bench shirt does. Shout out to Sean Coplin. Um, I'm not calling a bench suit anymore. I I still don't care. 
the bench presses are fucking amazing. 800 to 1,000 pound bench presses, I don't care if you're wearing a suit, looks awesome to me. That looks really cool. I love seeing that. It's, it's, it's so damn impressive to me. And it's, and it's one of those things where I could see the precision. I could see the technical side of the sport is when they bench press. And I was inter- I was I when I saw the bench presses, I was super entertained by that. That that now that is one thing that I do like seeing with uh, multiply lifting is bench presses. And then you know deadlifts. It, it's so funny. It's it's almost it's almost the opposite sometimes with raw lifting and multiply lifting because I think deadlifts is the biggest spotlight. Pulls big deadlifts I think are the it's going to catch the most amount of eyes. Um, squat and deadlift. In multiply lifting, it feels like squat and bench press are the things you want to see. Then deadlifts come around and people start tuning out just a little bit. And didn't see a whole lot of highlights of deadlifts. And I just don't really understand why. The meat is on ESPN. It's considered to be a big deal. But here's here's one thing that I just kept on thinking about. Raw Nationals. Raw Nats was a week before, and it was live streamed on YouTube. WPO, the people who are into multiply lifting, the West Side Disciples, and all those people were pumped that it was on ESPN because it's a worldwide leader in sports. I would like to have a debate on what would you rather be streamed on. ESPN 3, which... I, I'm not sure how to get the ESPN3. I would have to pull out my laptop, I believe. I would have to download the app on my phone. Or YouTube. Because I would... I prefer to have a meat live stream on YouTube. As long as the quality is crystal clear, I think more people have access to YouTube than ESPN. And I'm talking straight out of my ass right now because I don't know the ratings. I don't know... How many people tune into the WPO meets on ESPN? But I would actually say that YouTube is probably the better place to stream because I, I saw people just go on their phones. Yeah, like if you have an iPhone or a fucking Android, you could go on your phone and ESPN or YouTube is probably just naturally on there as an app. It's just a app that you're gonna have. So you could tune right into it. You could tune right into, you know, uh, Raw Nats or any other meat that is streamed on YouTube. ESPN3, it seems like it takes a bit of an effort to find ESPN3. ESPN is sexy. It's cool. It's, 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 everyone knows ESPN. If you make it on ESPN, you've made it, right? But I just don't think that in this new age that ESPN is... It's not what it used to be because we have so many different streaming services. People are on Amazon. People are on Netflix. People are on Hulu. They're on all these different streaming services that the old networks aren't exactly as popular as they once were. And I think ESPN, you can make the argument, is falling into that same category. So I don't know if being broadcast on ESPN is the biggest deal. And I got a bunch of people saying or just just in different conversations of uh 
you know, I, I don't want people just stumbling upon this on ESPN and thinking this is what powerlifting is all about. Powerlifting isn't about half squats and quarter squats and all that kind of stuff. And my first thought is, I don't know who the fuck is stumbling on ESPN 3. I don't know who is just going to be like, ah, I'm bored. Let's go see what's on ESPN 3 on my laptop. I mean, it could happen. But I think, I, 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 I just don't think that's as common as people think. And I don't think, I actually don't think ESPN is a real way to go. I think this would have generated just as much interest if it was broadcasted on YouTube. But if if I'm going to f- add fuel to the fire between the debate between, you know, the natty elitist and the multiply WPO guys, I would say that Raw Nationals was still a still a more entertaining meet that would bring more eyes to the sport than the WPO. Uh, and if you just look at the meet itself, if you look how it's presented, if you look at how it is orchestrated, it's pretty easy to see why. Everything to do with just what invites an audience in. And I think that Raw Nats does a better job of that. The reason why I bring this up is because a lot of people who are in the multiply lifting is saying that this type of meet will bring the popularity of gear lifting and multi lifting back into the, the upper echelon of powerlifting. And I still don't agree with that. And I, I think I actually disagree more after the meet has taken place. And this, and this is, and this is why I don't think what they did with this meet is going to attract young lifters. And if you want to make something popular, if you want to make something mainstream, I don't think that's the goal is to be mainstream. Maybe mainstream and powerlifting. But if you want to make something popular, you need to attract a young audience. You cannot attract an old audience. And I think that's who you attracted with this meet. An older demographic of an audience. And that is not going to popularize a, a part of a sport. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I think they've only not made it worse because I don't know if this is the end goal is to get younger people into multiply lifting, but that's how you that's how you grow it. It's got young people gotta be interested in it. And I don't think after watching the meet and seeing what's going on with WPO and multiply lifting that a nineteen year old kid is like, oh fuck yeah, I want to do that. I don't think that's the case in this situation. I think if a nineteen year old kid or let's, let's go younger. Let's go like 17. Just make it like he's in high school. He's about to be a senior or he's in his senior year or she. Sorry to be fucking, you know, gender normative or whatever the hell people are saying these days. But um, just I, I think if you give them two products, USAPL or WPO, they're going to take USAPL 10 times out of 10. And I don't think you could constantly have Dave Hoff win a bunch of world championships or just the same lifters constantly come through and make the sport popular. I just don't think that's ever going to happen. And if, you know, the, 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 the clever hats of make gear lifting great again, I, I don't think they took a step backwards, but I don't think the step was as big as they wanted it to be. I think it's a baby step that they took and a small baby step, like a, like a bow-legged baby step. Um, I could say that because I was bullying it as a child. 
but um, I, I was generating just a bunch of ideas after that meet, and I I was just kind of underwhelmed by it. I was expecting more, and I actually wanted to. I wanted it to be better. I wanted it to be something that a bunch of lifters were going to talk about in kind of a good light because I think that you know any any more interest to the sport is is good in the grand scheme of things. I don't care if you prefer certain types of lifts or lifters or certain types of divisions. I think if you can get more eyes on the sport as a whole, that's a good thing. Because if they see multiply lifting, they'd be like, eh, I don't know. I don't like this shit. I think it's stupid. I think equipment is dumb. You could also be swayed into raw lifting or, you know, single ply lifting. And that might generate their interest because they think multiply is stupid or, or is stupid. Or they see raw lifting and like, well, you know, I want to see more weights. And then they're kind of pushed towards multiply. That's cool too. But I don't think this accomplished yet. And I would like to see it grow. And I think it may. But right now, I just... Uh, pretty pessimistic view of the direction that geared lifting is going towards. Just based on the reviews, the you know aftermath of everything, and just how how the sport is progressing. I, don't, I, I hate to be this fucking guy right now. But you, you gotta make... Younger people care what looks cool. They care about what looks cool. And it's, it's stupid to think that way, but that is how... That, that's how the society is going. You know, young people buy shit with their eyes. That's it. That's what they do. And they're so involved in social media. They're so involved in the YouTube and all that kind of stuff that they want a... They want a cool-looking product, and I still think that multiply lifting doesn't have that cool factor. Um, and I would, you know, it would be good to have multiply lifters on the show just to talk about that, but I wouldn't even give a fuck if, if the young crowd or, like, this generation of YouTube lifters and Instagram lifters don't find it cool. Just say fuck it and just do your own sport. I, and I, I honestly don't know if they care about, you know, their their sport losing popularity and people saying that it's dying. But it just if I was in their position, I just wouldn't give a fuck. Because, I mean, shit, you, uh, raw lifting is getting popular, but how, how popular? How popular is it? You know, is it really, is it really that important to be, you know, famous on YouTube, famous on Instagram? I, I don't think so. So... Yeah, that's just my opinions on it. Again, usually a dumb fuck perspective when I take it because I did not get to watch. And they got, they, I'm, dude, next time, if this is going to happen, please make it on the weekend so I could actually attend the thing or watch it via live stream. Because that was, that was such a downer that it was on a Monday. Fuck. On a Monday. Dude, come on. Yeah, and, you know, I don't really want to watch that many powerlifting meets. I just can't really watch it. I mean, you know, uh, Big Dog took place. I didn't really watch a ton of it. I knew who I wanted to see. I wanted to see Yuri Belkin lift. That's, you know, I got to see Yuri Belkin lift, you know, via Instagram. I really actually wanted to see these the, the Super Finals, the WPO Super Finals, and I just didn't get to. Um, 
And speaking of meets that took place that people want me to talk about, uh, Record Breakers took place in Dublin, California over the weekend. And people have been DMing, people have been talking to me about, like, if they want my opinion on the judging that took place. And again, like, when people ask me this question, I. Or when they want me to talk about it on the show, I just, I'm hesitant only because it's really hard to stretch that conversation into, like, it's hard to stretch judging conversations into an actual meaningful one. Because I think that everything that needs to be said has been said at some point or another. You know, you have people like, oh, you know, the... There should be more technology involved, or there should be another set of judging for world records and all that kind of stuff. So, I but I will give you some of my opinions just based on what I've seen. I I believe an event like Record Breakers, the judging is going to be pretty lax. They're going to be pretty lenient with a lot of calls. And the reason why I know this is because the event is called record breakers you you can't have a meet called record breakers and have like two records be broken you gotta have some records be broken so the judges are going to be pretty lenient on some things and this is kind of known now again dumb fuck over here i i believe it's an spf meet or it's it ha- it goes by spf rules so there's a, there's a different set of rules, and it is the common joke that the judging is, again, lax, lenient, pretty easy to get calls, and that's it's known in powerlifting that Record Breakers has that reputation of having, I wouldn't say controversial calls, but, you know, a lot of white lights. A lot of white lights are going to take place, and the... The one that I've seen the most be either be posted on meme pages, either be posted on just, you know, stories or people DMing me, was uh, Kayla Woolham's uh, Dr. Deadlift's Deadlift. And, and he pulled a, a nine, 953, 220, I believe that gives him an all-time world record in the 220 weight class. Um... And here's, so if you watch the deadlift, which I'm sure you have by now, the, de- I mean, I, I, I don't, I still don't know how this happened, but it, it seems like it's coming off the ground. It stops. And then he seems to reposition himself and actually pull the deadlift again. And really, so from that perspective, if I'm judging, I'm giving a red light on that because I believe that's up and down movement. But really, if you are a Closely looking at it, I don't know if the weight ever leaves the floor, and I think that the weight needs to leave the floor, especially with under SPF rules. So, and and someone could, you could definitely correct me if you'd like on that, because I really don't know. But it didn't seem like it, it's close, and I think if it's close, Heather Connor talked about last week. I think you should err on the side of the lifters, um, and that happens a lot in sports. If something is close and inconclusive. You have to go with the rule that took place and what was made. So there's there was that part. I I would actually red light him on soft knees. I don't think he fully like locked that out. I'm looking at it right now, 
and yeah, let's see here. Um, yeah, so that up and down, his knees looked like they were moving, and he was still kind of locking out when he got the down command. So I would have red light him there, but this this should be expected. Actually, I think the worst call was his second. It was actually his uh was his bench press. I thought that that uh, that press command was quite quick, but I and I'm but I'm not surprised that he got white lighted. It's a really small intimate meat intimate meat that is called record breakers. So you need big names to break some records. So you're probably going to be gifted a few calls, and I I don't know if I'm cool with it, and I might be the curmudgeon here that believes that meets like this like shouldn't really exist because I think there's an unfair pressure put on judges to give white lights because it's a small amount of lifters, a small intimate crowd or intimate crowd. I got to learn how to fucking talk intimate crowd. And I think because of that and, and also high profile lifters, obviously because they wouldn't be invited to, record breakers if they weren't high profile you're going to get pressure on the judges to give white lights out and i don't i don't know if meets like that should really exist i think records should be broken at like world level international or national competitions i i i don't know um I mean, you could, and that's not to say that you shouldn't be able to break records at invite-only meets because I think those meets can get awesome, great judging as well. But I don't know. There's something. There is something to be said about a small meet and having the, just this pressure to give white lights out. And I think at a meet like this, the pressure is there to give white lights because you want to see records fall. You want to see you want to see big lifts, and you can't see big lifts if you get red lighted on a bunch of things. So that's just my take on it, and I'm not, and and I really don't get too deep, too too deep on a whole lot of meets unless I see like a severe severe uh, injustice. I know I talked about Battle of the Bay last year when it took place, and uh, I, I mean that was that was a clusterfuck that I had to talk about because that shit sh- shouldn't happen. And then certain things with the U.S. Open, um, but I mean that had nothing to do with powerlifting. But again, don't get too deep on the meets like this um, unless there's just an amazing competition going on. And but I, I did see some amazing lifts that week too, or uh, over the weekend as well. So it's not saying like everyone is getting gift calls. I just occasionally they're going to miss a few calls. They're going to give shit calls on things. So it, it's just going to happen. It's a, way, it's a way sports work. Powerlifters really need to understand this. This is the way sports work. You get bad calls, you get good calls. It fucking happens in all the sports, and it's going to continue to happen. So, yep. And you know what? I think that's going to do it for me. Um... Hope you've made it through. I really, I think everyone knows that I hate doing these episodes where I'm completely alone and just rant, um, especially when I have to listen to it back. But I did get positive feedback from the the Raw Nats recap that I did. So maybe people will enjoy this. But yeah, I just ranted for 42 minutes about a bunch of different things of powerlifting, some related to me, some not related to me. But that's going to do it for Two White Lights. Be on the lookout for some interviews coming this week. 
and in the following weeks as well we have some really exciting shows and ideas lined up for you guys be sure to subscribe on itunes leave a five-star rating leave a review as well follow on spotify visit twowhitelights.com buy yourself some merch and that is going to do it for me i'll see you guys probably wednesday no guarantee I'm not making any more guarantees. Peace.